Yeah, so, well, I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And so you've had, um, you've had a big transition over the last few years, shifting yes. from your agency, Digital Royalty, to really focusing on your brand as an influencer. And so how was that transition for you? Because I know a lot of people here are, they're adding new revenue streams, they're shifting focus in, your, in their business. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it has been a big transition. And um, I was a 20-something-year-old first-time entrepreneur and first time around the block, didn't really have a vision and just started to grow the company and it, it took off with some of these big personalities and brands. And um, what I had set out to do when I left the NBA was really have the freedom to design my own day. That's really all I wanted. I was like, I just like to be, you know, free on the map. I call it map freedom, geography freedom, and time schedule as much as possible. And then the business started to grow, and I was the face of the brand almost to the extent of too much. You know, I heard the comment earlier about scaling yourself, and um, I was on 210 flights in one year, averaging about four hours of sleep a night. That personal brand started to elbow out the real me, and I realized it was time to make a pretty big shift. So that was probably one of the hardest things I've had to do but what helped me was thinking about what do I want my day to look like? Because a mentor had asked me early on, you're growing very quickly. Why do you want to get bigger? Why do you want to keep adding these employees? And we had employees in 10 different countries. And I just thought that was the silliest question. Like, doesn't everybody just want to grow and get bigger? That's human nature. And now I'm like, aha, I get it. <laughs> it took me a while. But so... Exiting that and, and really taking some time, I lived on a boat here in San Diego for a year and did what I call an adult timeout, where catching up on my sleep, learning to meditate, um, and now have been able to shift my business model to where it's just me and my husband in terms of, of the full-time employees at the business, but we're able to, to scale in different ways through different products and, and stuff. So it's... yeah. Been interesting. Yeah, there's various ways to scale. There's you can scale on revenue side, team side. It just you know, and that's what's so unique about business, I think, because because you can create it how you want to. Absolutely. So, um, and and congratulations to you to say I think for all of you, it's like how do you want to spend your day? That's really the question. What do you, how do you want to spend your day? Because you can create it how you want to. So you said that the founder's identity is part of the brand identity, and you were talking about that a lot. What are some of the biggest things to keep in mind, would you say, when incorporating, I know you talked about it on stage a little bit, but the entrepreneur brand and the company brand. I think sometimes it's like how much, how much is too much, you know? It's a great question, and it is so important to be intentional and think about in the beginning because, I mean, one of the things to think about is your exit strategy. If you were to be acquired or sell your company, how much are you tied to it as the face, right? And so there's this kind of um, parallel 
that, that you really want to grow and build to be able to leverage your voice of authority and your presence, but also not be so anchored to it that all of the value is wrapped up in that. Um, and, and so that's kind of an obvious one, and it's something to think about ahead of time. Um, if you look at Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop, she will always be the face of Goop, right? Right. There's no getting out of that one. Um, and, and so that's a little bit different because she was a celebrity prior, but it's uh, something to think about. And then the parallel, your company has its own personality too. So imagine a, it as a human. Mm-hmm. If you were to write up a personality description, if you were to cast your company in a movie, who are they? What do they sound like? What do they not say? How do they show up? And I think that that allows you then to say, okay, that's different from me. There might be some overlap, hopefully so, because that's your culture and you're, you're the leader. But and probably bringing the team into it as Absolutely. well. Like we love to bring our team on our social media channels and so forth. Absolutely, that's a great way to scale too. Um, when Hilton Worldwide was a client, one of their goals was to really have the faces be the front line and the, and the humans too, because you can do a lot more with, you know, with all of your employees versus just the one-to-one, and it's, it's a scaling method too. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely important things to think about. Um, now, you've you talked about some celebrities we all know, Shaquille, The Rock. Sometimes that you have the public out there, I mean, especially, they'll, they'll just say whatever. And there can be haters, you can get negativity, you can get negative reviews from people that you've never even met before. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, uh, I don't even remember meeting this person. So how do you... Um, recommend business owners handle that negativity online? And it's, it is a part of just showing up. Even when, when you're not a celebrity, there will be a difference of opinions or just those things happen. So first and foremost, it's showing up. I mean, there are different types of, of negative feedback. If it has something to do with your company, your service, your, your product, and you feel like it's not just a, a one-off someone that needs to be blocked because there are those people too. Just block them. And that's just, if it's not your tribe and it's not, it's, it's not worth your time and energy. But if it is someone that has, um, you know, an issue with something that's happened, really my advice is to address it. At least show that you're listening and then move that conversation offline because people behave differently when they think they're being watched. Right? If they think that people are following a thread and they're following this back and forth banter, their responses are probably going to be different than if you were having a one-to-one conversation. Um, it's, it's very situational. It really matters on what happened. Uh, but what's nice is you have that direct access and, and bridge versus the media versus some third party. Um, for big crisis communication situations, I always recommend the CEO, the, the voice of authority shows up, not just a logo that says the PR team or whatever, because people want to know that someone's listening. Right. And they want to know you care. Right. Absolutely. Right. And then also know that that negativity is the more vulnerable you are, the more that's just going to show up and you can't let it throw you. Exactly. Yeah. So... Um, and so 
the third most powerful woman on Twitter. So that's like, wow, how the heck? I mean, you know, I know you were talking about <laughs> earlier, it doesn't, you know, it's, it doesn't mean that if you're, you have um, quite a bit fewer followers, doesn't mean that you can't make a big impact, but that, how fast did that happen and how did you do that? The timing was very important in this. So um, the 2008 presidential election really put Twitter on the map in terms of the, the candidates embracing and, and then the celebrities joined. And, and having a high-profile individual bantering back and forth with me put a big spotlight on, on my account too. So this, some of this was pre-algorithm days, the good old days when there were 11 people working at Twitter and I could call them up and talk to them. Um, that being said, I think people just follow this journey and they, they realized, okay, here's someone who is not a big name, has zero, you know, celebrity, and they're, they're growing. They could kind of see me rising in my own career and following this play-by-play -play because it was interesting. And so I think it was just part of the journey where I still have people say, Remember when this happened and it was 10 years ago and they feel like they were there and they might be from, you know, France. <laughs> so I have never met them, but, and, and so it's just that human connection. Um, I really try to check my intent and make sure that I'm showing up because I want to be there and I'm having fun. Otherwise, people will know. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, because I know, uh, do you feel like you can still reach out on Twitter? I, I know you definitely can on Instagram, just direct messaging with notable people. Oh, and absolutely. get that response. I mean, which is, you know, if you were to email them or try to call them, it would be, it would be much more challenging. Right, and there are more gatekeepers usually there. Absolutely, it's, it's a powerful way to connect. And um, whether it's maybe you're looking to get local TV coverage or national or connect with a journalist, syncing up with them through a direct message on Twitter or Instagram and sharing something of value, like a, a quick pitch, <laughs> and getting into their pathway is a great way to you know, garner some, some media attention too. I met my first mentor who became a friend an investor of my company, Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos, mm -hmm. through a direct message on Twitter. That's how Nike became a client. I met my husband, kind of, on Twitter. <laughs> Not really. I met him first in person, but then we didn't exchange phone numbers, so we DM'd. Um, I mean, this stuff is powerful, you right? You guys had no idea <laughs> what you're missing out on here. It's just the key to life, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and Twitter has changed. It really has. Um, it's, the algorithms are different. It's, it's 2019, and um, the, the resonance and the engagement has definitely shifted for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you talk about mentorship, and obviously I really believe in mentorship because we run a mentoring company, and I've always had a mentor and will continue to. How has having a mentor, mentor helped in your business career? Oh, it's been, it's been huge for me. Um, and historically, I always had men as mentors because of, I think, just the sheer numbers and the industries I worked in. And for the first time, I have a female mentor, which is amazing. Um, I think, for me, having a mentor that's 
that's also guiding you personally to a certain extent. You know, it's someone that you want to get to where they are, not just business-wise, but also lifestyle and how they, you know, have been able to navigate the balance. And so my mentor is Susie Batiste, the founder of Poopery, and uh, she's in incredible. And she probably, 95% of the time, we're talking about life business or life things that end up impacting my business and so yeah she had the most creative commercials i mean that built, yes. create, built her brand yes and Where those talk about power of video right yeah. <laughs> and um what's incredible is most people don't realize that she was bankrupt twice by the age of 40 and she just started this company a little over 10 years ago um, but she vowed to never become an entrepreneur again and really follows her intuition and resonance and some of the science of, of resonance. So, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. good. Good. Well, I'll call you because I want her to have, be a speaker on the stage. Okay. Um, Sounds good. <laughs> we'll, we'll get so, you connected. And then speaking, on, uh, speaking about stages is because you're speaking a lot now and you're out there. How many of you want to be speaking out on more stages? Okay, whether it's conferences, trade shows, in whatever industry that you're in. Um, what are some tips? Are there any tips that you can share about helping for them to book some stages? Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's, there is a business side to speaking in a, in a big way. And I think one of the keys for me was making sure that I stay aligned and passionate about my message. So if... if if you're showing up just because you have experience for something on stage, but you're not really loving it and it doesn't light you up, the audience is going to know, right? So I've gone through those waves, and so making sure that that's there. A speaking reel is really important, getting some sort of footage of yourself on stage, because people who book want to make sure that you can handle the stage. Um, and then I think I've had all types of different coaches I've tried over the years and, and things like that. I'm really more about making sure that the, the connection with the audience is there more so than trying to memorize anything or people get so nervous to, to come on to stage. But at the same time, if, you're, if you know what you're going, you know your material and you're passionate about it. There should be no reason to memorize it, too. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I could go on and on, but those are a couple of yeah. tips. Yeah, I know. I think for me, I, uh, I study the material, and then once you feel like you absorb it and you know it, then you can just be yourself exactly. and be off the cuff, which is, is more powerful. So, um, as we wrap up here, uh, you're, you're bringing a new life into the world with your <laughs> yes. baby and just announced that. Yes, we're expecting. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and I've met your husband I and mean, we've talked on the phone. And so I'm really excited for both of you and your oh, new family. You. And so how do you plan to balance business baby? <laughs> oh, so first rodeo here. First of all, I'm claiming ignorance is bliss right now. Um, our goal is to have this little human integrate into our world and our life 
because we were here first, <laughs> versus the other way around. So the renegade mentality is going to be there in parenting style. But it's it's true though. You know, we we travel a lot and we have a little bit of an alternative lifestyle. So the the goal is to to try and maintain that as much as possible. But yeah. I know that it, everything is oh, well, hard to even imagine. My daughter was with me through all of my businesses. I just kind of drag her along with me, and I, I think that she's the better for it. I don't know what she might say about that, but... <laughs> That's... Well, I might be calling you for some, some tips and advice. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> well, let's give Amy Jo Martin a hand. Thank yeah. you. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Thanks again.